The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Live from a bunker in the heart of the Ozarks, a podcast that hopes you give us five stars, Angel. Five stars. It's Sifpa. Welcome to Sifpop Weekly, streaming live most Saturday mornings or available to download later in your podcast feed. Unless, of course, you're a patron. Patrons get perks. Patrons get those perks. Woo! I'm your host, Aaron Dicer, and he would never say the word preternatural to you. It's Andrew Ormsby, ladies and gentlemen. I can't even say it, so (laughs) we're good. Neither can I, apparently. And each week, we'll chat about movies, TV, and whatever else from the pop culture universe is on our minds. Hi, Aaron. Mr. Andrew Ormsby. How are you doing, man? Doing good. Doing good. We got a little just old school you and me show today. A little duo show yeah. going on. We're going to uh, talk about Nope that's out this week, um, and we'll talk about The Gray Man that uh, popped up on Netflix. I think, if I remember correctly, the most expensive movie that Netflix has ever paid for. So, um, pretty impressive. They were stuff. Really greenlit. Yeah. Really. <laughs> like, whatever the next level of green greenlit is, um, you know they they. Uh, Forest greenlit, neon greenlit. Uh, yeah, neon greenlit. Ooh, that sounds cool. <laughs> hey, a uh, little bit of fun trivia for you. I don't sure. know if you know this. Sure. Uh, I think seven years ago, you decided it would be cool if I was a permanent host. Oh, nice. Happy yeah. seven-year anniversary, man. Yeah. Like, I'd I done the, the uh, whatchamacallit, the guest spots. Uh-huh. But uh, then you realize you couldn't get rid of me. <laughs> so you're like, fine. Gosh. Why is Andrew still here? I uh, know. No, that's awesome, man. That's really, really cool. Um, seven years. Seven years. Now, they say I think the average marriage starts to really have to fight through stuff around seven years. Like that's mm. they call it the seven-year itch, right? Like you doing okay? You, you still want to be hanging around? Everything good? Yeah, I mean, it's, <laughs> it's just an exuberant. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> no, honestly, this is uh, this this channel, this podcast, the community. They've helped me through a lot. Yeah, you man. know that I've gone through. So Very I wouldn't cool. trade it for the world, man. Oh, that's I think, awesome. I think everybody, especially you, and Danae and Phil mm-hmm. and your brother Drew. And the rest of the Sip Pop family have just been the best. So thank cool. you guys for having me. Very really awesome. Well, we are glad you are here. Um, all right. So we're going to get into the show. We've got, like I said, those movie reviews. Our best ever challenge this week is best ever no movies. These are movies that have the word no or words that begin with the word no uh, in them. And, uh, and then, of course, we'll do some buried treasure as well. Um, but let's kick it off with some thoughts on note. Did you know that the very first assembly of photographs to create a motion picture was a two-second clip of a black man on a horse? And that man is my great-great-grandfather. Great. There's another great-grandfather. But that's why back at the Haywood Ranch, as the only black-owned horse trainers in Hollywood, we like to say since the moment pictures could move, Residents in a lonely gulch of inland California bear witness to an uncanny, chilling discovery. 
that is not giving much away about what's going on here in Nope. Um, this is Jordan Peele's third directorial uh, um, effort uh, after Us and Get Out, two movies that uh, people really, really enjoyed. Uh, what did you think, Andrew? Did you like it, love it, dislike it, hate it, or it was just okay? <sighs> did I hate it? Nope. <laughs> nope. But I'll go with really didn't like it. Really didn't like it. Okay. All right. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm close to hating this movie. Okay. Wow. This is going to be fun. This is going to yeah, be really, really, really fun. Um, I am on the low side of loved it. Uh, I really, really liked this movie. In fact, I loved this movie. Okay, uh, I'm just saying it right now. I believe we should do a spoiler cast for this movie. <laughs> yes, yes, we should do a sip spoil for Nope. We definitely have some things uh, to talk about in it. Um, I think I liked it a little bit more than you. So uh, maybe I a think, little bit. I think I have to go first. Yeah. Uh, oh, man, here's what I love. Here's what I love. I, Jordan Peele's brain man i feel like he is doing some incredible thematic stuff in this uh movie this is one of those movies like the matrix or you know um I'm trying to think of another good maybe even everything everywhere all at once where it's like for me at least i'm thinking about it afterwards for days where i'm just like oh is that what that meant oh is that symbolic oh is this a conversation uh, about this. And what I love is Jordan Peele not only uh, puts things on the screen that you can in interpret and make metaphors and those kind of things, but he does it in an intentional way. And obviously, only he knows what his intention is. But when you start your movie with a verse from Nahum in the Bible uh, that talks about raining filth, I will make you a spectacle, I think is what the, the, the verse says. You're saying something. And then when you do that, you give the audience a chance, if they want to, to apply the rest of the movie to that lens and go, hmm, what did you mean by that? Why is that important here? And I think there are some really deep and interesting things uh, to talk about with that. Some of them we will talk about in the spoilers uh, because some of them do kind of deal with major plot points and things that are happening. Um, one of them I may talk about in the main show that I'm I'm actually so here's this other thing and you know we uh, we did reach out to uh, members of the Sif Pop crew uh, who come from the African American community that would be able to you know uh, speak to some of these things I'm going to speak about. I always get mm. nervous. Speaking uh, about what I think an African-American director is trying to say about the African-American experience, because it's not an experience I own. It's not an experience I've had. Um, but I do see some things here that he may be touching on that I did at least want to uh, to chat about here in a little bit. Um, but down the line, I enjoyed the cast. I thought Kiki Palmer was so fun in this. Um, Daniel Kaluuya is kind of that perfect everyman just like everything is seen through the lens of his kind of steady cowboy aesthetic, which is really interesting to me. Um, Steven Yeun uh, is is doing uh, some fun stuff here. Uh, I really enjoyed the cast. I enjoyed the, the visuals. I enjoyed the themes. Uh, man, I had a really, really good time uh, with this movie. So, yeah. Andrew, what are some of the things you liked? Was there anything? Yeah. Um, yeah. A lot of the things you mentioned, I have totally opposite views on. Uh, <laughs> but uh, besides one that I am going to give a shout out, I think that Jordan Peele has proven yet again, even in a movie of his that I don't like, he is a visual master. Like he is a, he has some Spielberg going on in this movie. Hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. Hundred percent. Um, especially like. And I'm not even talking like Close Encounters or any of his alien films. This is Jaws, you know? This mm. is like, there's something, I mean, it's an inverted Jaws, but mm. uh, there's there's definitely some, like, he, he's making you focus on uh, elements in this movie, especially like, uh, like looking at the sky and stuff mm -hmm. in every single scene, you know? 
mm-hmm. kind of like how Jaws made you look in the ocean in every single scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a yeah, he is a visual master, and it, yeah. it, it definitely comes through in this movie too. Yeah, yeah, I agree. There are shots in here that that will definitely stick uh, stick with me. Uh, another performance I haven't talked about is Keith David, who I'm always glad to see on the the screen and uh, definitely in a limited role here. But uh, yeah. but when he was on, I, I really felt that Keith David energy, and I just I love it. Oh yeah, it. it's, a lot of fun. it's something everybody like. As soon as you, Keith David, <laughs> you know, yeah. like yeah, speak speak with that sultry, velvety voice of yours, sir. He was he was in the thing, right? Like he's a huge. He was. Uh, oh was yeah, it? yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that was. So like I, I I've loved Keith David I've loved when I've seen him pop up and things and then I remember catching up on the thing recently in the last couple of years during the the pandemic and just being like mm-hmm. oh there it is let's go yeah like he's he's supremely talented and I always enjoy uh, seeing him and stuff hundred percent hundred percent so thematically like I am running out. I know we just started, but I'm mm-hmm. running out of things to talk about that I do like. No, no, no. It's your turn to talk about how you felt about the movie. So that's going to right. naturally lean into the negative since you almost hated it. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah, go for it. Talk about the film. Talk about how you felt about it. I think whatever they paid Daniel Kaluuya was too much. <laughs> uh, I, 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 I've brutal. I've re- Brutal. It, yeah. I'm not even joking. I think that I, I've read a lot of uh, uh, like reviews and stuff where people said uh, because I I came out and I was like, wow, people really like this movie, mm-hmm. and I had to find out why. And uh, so I looked up, and people were like, Daniel Kaluuya is stoic and yeah. subtle and stuff, and I'm like, no, He's, <laughs> he, I found him to be. Very monotonic, and what I think what a lot of other people see as like stoic and you know self reserved. I, I it felt like phoning it in. Like he was very one note, deadpan. Like I didn't feel anything from him. Like if he was going but, for stoic, I that's not what was portrayed to me. What portrayed wi- to me it's, was it's lethargic. W- it's wild to me that it didn't work for you. Uh, and the reason I say that is because you're such a huge Western fan. And I know. that is the Western, like, ideal is that Western stoicism. Like, that's what he's doing here. That's what Jordan Peele is doing here with that character. That's what Daniel is playing is that Western stoicism, right? Yeah, but I think in Westerns, you know, that that type of mentality is shared among the rest of you know, the cast in a Western. Whereas I think whenever you have that type of performance in a movie where everybody else is trying to play something like more grounded in reality, mm-hmm. it, I, it, for me, it, it didn't m- match well, I guess. Man, I like that, that blows my mind. I, I, I a hundred percent disagree and that's okay. We have our disagreements. Um, yeah. It worked for me. I think it is the exact not only is it, I think, a great performance, like as far as like a acting uh, job, I think it's a perfect character work too, because you're dealing with a character who is trying to figure out like who he is based in this lineage of, you know, black cowboys and, you know, whatever. And he's trying to figure out who he is in the modern world. Mm-hmm. Uh, you look at what we see of his dad, of the Keith David character, of Otis. And you can see how, you know, Otis brought him up to be this. And you can see how Kiki felt, you know, left out or Emerald, I should say, felt left out. And so she kind of had to to forge her own more, you know, energetic and uh, worldly view of of what was going on in the world. Um, I just think it's great character work. But if it didn't work for you, it didn't work for you. Like that's, you know, that's just that is what it is. This is one of those situations where I left the theater going, I know that I'm going to begrudge not having the same experience <laughs> I know the that feeling. everybody else I did. know the feeling. We will not shame you for it here. You have yeah. you have your own experience, your own narrative. <laughs> you are you are allowed to uh to express it. Yeah. What you got? Uh okay, well, let's go ahead and do this here. Um so I'm going to talk a little bit about the themes in broad. Maybe we'll get more specific in the in the SIF spoil. Um, and there is definitely something going on here about the idea of a spectacle, right? The idea of, um, 
the idea of there's so much with cameras and film and catching things and proof reflections. and reflections and, and all that kind of stuff. And I have not heard anybody else talk about this. Like I said, I'm nervous talking about it myself because it does not come from my experience. And I do not want to own somebody else's experience in any way. But I will tell you. Talk about your experience. Yeah. I, my experience of this, I started to see this movie through the light of the idea of police brutality. The idea of um, the monster that we, we are finally catching on tape. The idea of um, you know finding the the shot that will finally you know prove that we're not crazy, prove that you know things are what we said they have been saying they were for a long time. Um, and there's some really once you start to see it through that lens. Now this again, this could be this could not be Jordan Peele's intent at all. I'm just telling mm. you what started to tweak in my brain. And if if there is and I and I think it's it's quite possible it's just kind of a part of this overall thing about how spectacle has become, you know, our world and our world is about, you know, catching things on camera. Our world is about big moments in those kind of things. And what does that mean? Where's the reality in that? But as you start seeing it through the, that lens, there really are these these sort of things that you start to apply to it, whether it be the idea of you know, tabloid explo exploitation, whether it be the idea of, um, you know, uh, white savior filmmaking about it, you know, the idea, like there's, there's all these things that start to kind of apply. You think of the, the director character and what kind of he represents, uh, in this and the, the films he's always watching are, are, you know, about animals and prey and predators and prey. And, like there's just there's a lot of really interesting stuff going on here. You think of the entire idea of the setup of this family whose ancestor was the black man that rode the horse in the very first moving image ever put to film, which by the way, that that is a true thing. The That's very a real thing, yeah. The very first image ever put to film was a black man on a horse, and people know the horse's name. And don't know the black man's name today. We have no idea who that was. The black man's name has been lost to history. The horse's name is known. And that, to me, is what Jordan Peele at least is starting with and saying here is this idea of spectacle and what it means to be known and, you know, the idea that there is there is uh, pain to it and filth to it and all this kind of stuff is, man, I'm going to be thinking about it for days and uh, and I just, I, I would love to pick his brain and know for sure he, he in general has kind of done what I think is the right way to approach his movies, which is just say, Hey, have the experience you're going to have. Think the thoughts you're going to think. I'm not necessarily going to be explicit with my intentions because I put what I want to put on the screen. Um, and, and I appreciate that, but man, I would love to know, you know, kind of the choices he's making and, and what they mean, but I'm itching to watch this again, just to kind of see it through, uh, you know, a new lens and pick up on, you know, new and different things. The use of music in this movie is really interesting to me. Oh, you get um, some amazing deep cello. Yeah. In this. Yeah. Yeah. And just some, some needle drops that aren't just good for the atmosphere, but also kind of mean something in the way the story is going. Um, so I, yeah, I just, I, I was really impressed with a lot of that, that technical work, um, as well. And I'll, I'll go into a little more detail on some of those scenes, um, in the Sif spoil probably, but, uh, but for now, just in general, that's some of the thematic stuff I'm picking up. Also that Nahum verse, man, that's in the whole Nineveh story. Like that's in the whole swallowed by a whale. Like it's like, there's, there's some real, Re rejection of purpose. Uh, what does it mean to be real? Like all that stuff is right around that, you know, that Bible verse as well. And so, yeah, it's Wasn't about it Jonas who was swallowed by the whale. What did I say? What did I say? You said Nahum. Well, no, no, no. The Nahum verse is right in the middle of that Nineveh stuff where Jonah swallowed by the whale, whale and oh, that okay. kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought Nahum was like an apocryphism thing. No, Nahum I'm not, is. I'm not. I'm not really all up on my. Bible <laughs> no, 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 no. no. Yeah. But it, but it includes it includes a lot of that Nineveh story, and of course, the story of Nineveh is is about a downfall of a civilization, and you know that kind of thing. 
And, you know, I think Peel is playing with the idea that are we looking at a downfall of our civilization? Are we, you know, um, are we falling into, you know, some of these things that that will end up with us in the Nineveh, you know, kind of idea um, and having, you know, uh, filth rain down us and making us a spectacle? Um, the, 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 The movie is also playing with this idea of man in nature and, um, you know, there's, there's a, a sub story about a sitcom. I'll just say, I mean, we can go into more details during, uh, during the SIF spoil that, that plays into all of this stuff about like the idea of, Oh, here's this spectacle. Here's this thing that, that we're filming, but there's a reality here that we don't want to face. There's a reality here that, that is is uh, guarded and um, pasted over, and man, I just it's all over this film, and I just I just want to keep like processing it because this is fresh, man. I watched this just like uh, just less than forty eight hours ago. You know what I mean? So like I'm yeah. still processing this and and working my way through what I've seen, um, which you know to me is is also a sign of a a really uh, well done film. So so yeah. yeah. What about you? Uh, what it, else do you got? Well, I, I find it fun, funny that uh, the scene that you're talking about, the sitcom scene, if you're if you're looking at everything without a, a thematic purpose to it, mm-hmm. that whole segment serves no other purpose for the movie. Oh, come on. It's so crucial to the plot. Like, I mean, like the idea that his whole story is about has been impacted by this thing and then it's repeating itself with this other story, which I don't want to give, give away kind of, kind of some of the overall things that are going on that we find out, but it's like, it's mirroring, like it mirrors what he, he dealt with. And the fact that he didn't actually deal with what happened to him as a child is repeating itself again in the future. Um, I think that's, I think that's key to the, to the stated plot, not just the thematics. I think that's a, a key part of, you know what's happening with the movie, and I know I'm I'm trying to speak around spoilers. We're gonna have but... such a fun Sif spoil. <laughs> <laughs> true, true. Is there anything you want to hang your hat on before we head on to the next bit? Um, no, I don't think so. I think I've said what I want to say for this part of it. I think I, I've uh, expressed the things that that were kind of primary in my mind once we start talking about scenes and details and and those kind of things i think um i think we can kind of dig in a little bit further so yeah Yeah. what about you uh no well no post-credit scene besides one little thing that you don't have to stick for it's there is did i miss something the little ad thing you know like there's a there's a fun little easter egg oh i didn't know that Maybe we can talk about it in Sif Spoil. Um, It's not even worth it. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I'm curious at least. Okay. Uh, I will say you reminded me. This will be my one more thing. This movie tricked me into watching a a trailer, a preview, because the Oppenheimer trailer (laughs) was attached to the movie in a way that it was after everything. It was after... The yeah. theater. Yeah, AMC had done its thing. Like, Everything had AMC. done its thing. So I take my earbuds out and I'm ready. Okay, we're into this movie. And then a countdown starts. And I'm like, yeah. oh, this is an interesting way to start this movie. And then it's like, you know, fire, water. And then at one point, somebody said something about, you know, uh, some, and I realized it was a trailer, you know, like 30 seconds in or whatever. And I just turned my head and looked at my wife and just stared at her the rest of the trailer. I was so mad. I was like, <laughs> come on. You know, I actually, I paid the guys at AMC a 50 to do that just for you. (laughs) Oh, I know what it was. I know what it was. I think the first text pops up 30 seconds in or so. This is from the mind of Christopher Nolan or something like that. And And I was like, like, what? Christopher Nolan? What is is going on? I don't want to see a Nolan trailer. Stop this. Anyhow, that's Oh, did you see this in IMAX or regular? No, No, I saw it in regular. Yeah. Me too. Yeah, I don't do IMAX much anymore. Um if when Avatar have, comes out, yeah, and I'll probably drive quite a ways to see it in like you know some oh, sort of are high we going frame to, rate. Yeah, are we going to a, a IMAX? I don't uh, know. Laser? I, I here's here's the thing. I will find a way to see it in the highest frame rate, clearest 
production I can see. I'm wondering if James Cameron will will put out like here are the theaters that are showing it up to how I want it to be shown, mm. um, and it'll just be interesting to see how far I have to drive. Um, <laughs> but but yes, I, that is one I will definitely seek out. Uh, biggest screen, highest frame rate, clearest picture, laser IMAX, whatever. Um, but uh, but the the most important thing for me to be will be that high frame rate because I know he's going to release it at least at sixty, maybe at one twenty in some places. And man, that's that's going to blow people's minds. I it's just going to abs- if people take the time to seek out the best presentations of that movie, I guarantee you it's going to blow people's minds. Um, that's just the faith I have in Cameron and technology. Yeah, so, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but no, not for this one. I just went to a regular regular theater. But if it had right been on. in high frame rate somewhere, I would have definitely watched that. Um, but I don't think many movies are doing that. <laughs> All right. Uh, okay. So I think that's it till the Sif Spoil. We will talk more about it uh, in the Sif Spoil. Should be a separate episode in your podcast Yeah, we podcast still have a lot feed. to say about this So movie. yeah, we've still got some more stuff to talk about on this one. Uh, let's move into The Gray Man. What do you know about the Sierra program? Reckless, mystery man you guys send in when you can't officially send anyone else. The gray man. Lloyd. I got an urgent locate and destroy. That could be fun. The man's got some street cred. I mean, my ego's a little bruised. When the CIA's most skilled mercenary known as Court Gentry, a.k.a. Sierra Six, accidentally uncovers dark agency secrets, he becomes a primary target and is hunted around the world by psychopathic former colleague Lloyd Hansen and international assassins. Uh, Russo Brothers getting Netflix to write them a big old check, and uh, they put the money on the screen uh, by hiring... Ana de Armas, um, If Ryan you're Gosling. beautiful, you're in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, you're not in this movie? How is that possible? Oh, please. Uh, um, yeah, you that, got That's Gosling. insulting to people who look like Chris Evans and Ryan Gosling and Anya de Armas. Listen, Chris Evans and Ryan Gosling are two of my favorite people to watch in movies, so this was always going to be interesting and attractive to me. Yeah. Um, but what did you think, Andrew? Did you like it, love it, dislike it, hate it, or hate it, or it was just okay? I think I'm gonna land in really liked it. Can't say I loved it because this movie does have issues, but I'll go with really liked it. This movie has so many issues, and yet somehow I am also in the high side of liked it. I think yeah. for me, this is because you can you can get me excited pretty quickly with just really charismatic, funny people and each hanging out with this version of Chris Evans and Ryan Gosling was a blast. I laughed a lot during this movie. Uh, uh, just so people know, we do have a, uh, a Patreon bonus podcast where we talk about, you know, this week we talked about, you know, uh, the first half of the year awards mm-hmm. and stuff like yep. that. Yep. Um, obviously, we couldn't talk about, you know, this movie, but I would probably put Chris Evans in one of those performances of the year that I'm like, you know what? I think this one's going to stick with me. It may not be like a, a, a career best, obviously, but there's some charisma and some comedy going on here that makes that character stand out a lot. I really, really like Chris Evans in this movie. Mm-hmm. I think he's yeah. really trying to stretch out like, I am more than Captain America, which is unfortunate because I, I think that people will realize that, but I think he's still trying to prove maybe to himself that he's not Captain America mm-hmm. with roles like this or Knives Out or something like that. Like, yeah, we, we know you got it in you, Chris. So... Yeah. Thank you for thank you for continuously trying to share show it with to us. Yeah, I think everybody in this movie is just having fun. Like I think it's just everybody's trying to have fun here. Billy Bob Thornton's in here as well, by the way. Um yeah. and everybody's just everybody's just having a good time. And therefore I'm having a good time as well. And there really are you know what it reminds it's okay, so it's not quite this level of humor 
like where uh, it's going to be like a call classic and you're quoting it all the time. But man, did I get some nice guys energy from Ryan Gosling in this. I was thinking nice like, guys energy. Yeah. Yeah. He in and like he when he is in this mode of, uh, you know, steady, uh, sardonic, you know, kind of humor. Um, like there's just there's a moment I don't think this is giving too much away, but there's a moment where somebody saves him. And in a really spectacular, unbelievable way, and he gets in the car and he goes, thank you, or something yeah. like that, or thanks, or whatever. And it's just like, appreciate it, or whatever. And, and listen, that line could be nothing in the mouth of so many people, but Ryan Gosling delivers it in a way that slayed me. And he just has this this energy that, um, that man, I just really dig. I really enjoy. Uh, this movie's flat out fun. Am I wrong about yeah. this? It's just a flat out fun movie. Oh yeah, it's it's adrenaline pumping from beginning to end, and that's what I love about it. There's never a lull. Like the movie has, you know, tempo changes and stuff like that. But sure, I don't think I can say for a single moment I was bored watching this movie. I was always it's pretty close to either edgy or see or you're just coming off of a high like, Ooh, okay, oh we're getting back into it. Okay, here we go again. You know, <laughs> it's it's like one of those uh, roller coaster drops. I will say, and I don't know if we're we're ready to get into negatives or not. It doesn't really matter. It's kind of my only big negative, um, and it kind of applies to what you were saying about the tempo and pace. The only times I got bored, and I did get bored, but it's mm. not at the times you would expect. I get bored with the quick cut flying fists. Like there, there are so many fight scenes in this movie, and some of them are, are choreographed really well. Some of them actually are, are done really, really well. But there are so many of them that a lot of that in between punch, 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 kick, 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 punch, punch, shoot, shoot, punch, punch, kick. I'm just like, okay, I get it. These two are fighting. Let's, you know, if you're not going to show me something I've never seen before, like, let's let's kind of move it along. Um, so it's interesting to me that, like, I think this could have been like an hour and 40 minute movie instead of two hours and 10 minutes if they would have just shrunk down the action a little bit. Um, but but not the not the cool action which there is in this movie um but just some of the in between like punchy punchy stuff just kind of got mind numbing to me uh on occasion did you yeah. not have that experience at all uh, i know what you're saying but uh not really just okay. because maybe just because i was having so much fun with it sure. and uh yeah i don't know I, I there's not really a moment in this where i can look back and go where i like looked at my watch or anything like that and uh I, I do agree that this movie does still have the 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 shaky cam and quick cuts and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, why? We just need to. They they have new. They have a new version of it in this movie that I thought was really interesting. They have quick drone cuts where like drones are flying around the <laughs> yes, action yes, really quick. And yes. I'm like, oh, okay. So this is a new version of a quick cut. I guess it's still a quick cut mm -hmm. and a shaky cam, but. They well, found a new way to kind of make it annoying. Let's be clear. There are some inventive action moments. There, there's there's a set piece with where I'm just going to say uh, two characters are back to back with at a table that I that I thought was really interesting. And there's mm. you know there's a there's a play on the, you know the old you know uh, running on top of a moving vehicle that I thought was really interesting. Some of the things that they chose to do with that, like there there are inventive ways. They're showing me things I haven't seen before. Um, you know, there's the, the, you know, looking up through the floor thing. Like there's, there's a lot of mm. cool, interesting ideas. Um, it's just that it's, it's, there's still also a lot of the in-between, you know, quick cut, punchy, punchy stuff too. So, um, so I, I'm not, I'm not dissing the entire action of this movie, just kind of maybe the movie's reliance on extended fight scenes. Nice. So, I yeah. get that. I, yeah. I, I can't. I can't scoff you for that one. Uh, I like the fact that this movie just keeps it simple. There's no, like, you know, secret, you know, hidden agendas or anything like that. Yeah. It's, it doesn't try to be clever or anything. It's like, nope. It's a simple movie that tells you exactly what it is at, like, minute 10. And you're like, oh, okay. So this is the movie we're on for the rest of it. Mm -hmm. I'm down. Okay. So. Yeah. Now, normally, that would be something where I would, like, look at a movie and go, uh, yeah, I mean, but you're you're not showing me anything that I haven't seen already. But for some reason, with these characters and just the uh, 
the tempo and the comedy. I, I was here for it from minute yep. one. Uh, Julia Butters, uh, who kind of blasted onto the scene in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood uh, as the little girl actor opposite Leo, um, it was, is uh, in this as well. And I really think she's fun. She's talented as well. Like, that's the thing about this movie is there are, aren't any real characters that I can think about where the movie drags when we're, we're with them. Like, everybody seems to be having a good time. So, um, so yeah, I wanted to give her a shout out as well. Yeah. Um, let's see. Negatives. Sure. Uh, there is a character in this movie who has, I guess you could say, a change of heart, you know, like towards the end of this movie that felt so unwarranted and so unearned that I, I was like, why? This is where you're drawing a line? Like after all the stuff you've done, you're like, wait, you're going to do what? And, I'm not uh, sure I know who you're talking about. I will say they are another skilled uh, a fighter person in this movie. <laughs> well, it's like everybody in this movie. Yeah. Um, hmm. It's a person who... No, I'm not going to get into it. Uh, so, they they so wore a really nice suit, I'll say that. <laughs> a really, a really nice, nice flashy, suit. shiny suit. Um, who, I'm not who, sure what the change of heart is then. What's what's the change of heart? They're like, wait, you're gonna kill a girl, and they're like, wait, that's where you're drawing the line. Hmm. I really, I'm really trying to dance around it. No, no, no. I think I'm finally with you uh, now. Yeah, Jay Bourgeois says Lone Wolf. Um, are you talking about Lone Wolf? Or are you talking about? Um, I don't think uh, you're talking about Lone Wolf. I think you're talking. I'm talking about Danush. I think. Danushu was the uh, the assassin with the shiny suit and the knife. I thought that's Lone Wolf. I think that's Lone Wolf. So oh, you are he, talking about Lone Wolf. Okay. It, it, I'm just looking at his IMDb. And it's I actually, a, a it's song. funny. That's funny. I actually, it's one of my favorite parts of the movie. Because I think it's it's not just about what, what you're thinking it's about. I think it's a culmination of him just realizing um, that th- these aren't, you know, people worth working yeah. for or whatever. And... Actually, I actually like that because it, it kind of surprised me and turned uh, the movie on its head a little bit, which I'm always up for. Like, I'm always up for, like, oh, I didn't expect that. Um, so, yeah, I may disagree with you a little bit there. I don't I don't think that was completely unearned. And even if it was, I still kind of liked it. You know, like, okay. I kind of like the, the move, the plot move, the story move. So, yeah. Yeah, that's really my only negative. Everything else is, like... Yeah, it's it's fun. It's really you know entertaining, but it's it's not fresh. It's not unique. I've seen. And this I, dis- movie. I disagree a little bit. There's a lot fresh and unique here, don't you think? Like, I'm talking, uh, you know, story arc wise. Like we've seen. Oh, okay, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. No, that's very simple and typical and yeah. spy stuff and you know, yeah, s- save the doodad yeah 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 kind of fight thing. bad guys save other person yeah <laughs> seen that movie so many times yeah Re- recover the knock list yeah it's 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 all it's all stuff we've seen in in spy spy movies before yeah. for sure but Break i didn't mind that preps. it's kind of like it's kind of like saying top gun maverick is you know plot wise is all stuff we've seen in you know uh airplane movies before <laughs> yeah it doesn't mean it's not fresh it just means that the plot is simple and you know straightforward um, exactly. So, yeah. Yeah, I would agree with that. I would agree with that. Um, but yeah, I is was it worth Netflix spending, you know, so much money on? I don't know. They, I felt like they put it on the screen. There's lots of really cool effects here. Um, really interesting ways to use the camera. Uh, so, yeah, I th- I think they at least used the money well and and man, I could I could watch uh I could watch Ryan Gosling and Chris Evans just fight both with their words and fists like all day like, and their faces and their yeah. guns and faces and whatever yeah absolutely yeah. my dogs agree <laughs> all right anything else about this movie uh no post credit scene there you go that is uh although it does have kind of a cool credits aesthetic and one yeah. one of the one of the things i liked about the opening of those credits is first it does something i wish all movies would do which is list the actors' names when a picture of their character is on screen. I think that's really valuable, not yeah. just to movie lovers, but to you know the normal fan who goes and watches a movie. 
I think it's really valuable for them to go, oh, yeah, that's such and such or that's such and such um, and to kind of have that. And then it also hyper stylizes moments from the movie, right? And so for me, it was kind of like walking back through the movie and going, oh, yeah, that was cool when that happened. Oh, yeah, that was cool when that happened. Like kind of reminding me of how cool this movie was, you know, in several different instances. So um, I, I rather enjoyed the first few moments of the credits. So no post-credit scene, but that was the credits are interesting uh, there yeah. for a bit. So, yeah, cool stuff. That's the Gray Man on Netflix. Sounds like a recommend from both of us. Yep. Before before we head into the best ever challenge. Thank you to our Sif Pop members for making the show possible. If you've ever thought, OK, Maybe I'll go over and check out the Patreon, uh, see what it is to support. Thank you for considering that. If you hop over there, patreon.com slash siftpop, you'll see the different levels you can support at, kind of the different perks. One of the ones we mention all the time, I think it's kind of uh, really the main one, is your own podcast feed. So basically, if you enjoy the podcast, you get all the normal episodes and all the bonus episodes in the same feed with no ads on any of them. So I know there are ads on... Uh, this podcast to help uh, pay for what we do here when you listen to it. But if you are a member, you don't have to deal with those. So patreon.com slash sift pop to help keep this podcast going, the website going. And thank you very much for even considering it. Like Andrew said, we talked about uh, first half of 2022 performances in movies. Uh, So if you want to know what our favorite movie and performance of the first half of 2022 is, uh, and you're a sift pop member, it should be there uh, waiting for you um, as you listen to this on the podcast. If you're watching this live on Saturday, uh, it's not <laughs> there yet because we just recorded it. Uh, that's how time works. So impatient. <laughs> but it will be there for you soon. Uh, yes. Thank you to our Sift Pop members again. That's patreon.com slash Sift Pop. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. All right, let's move into the best ever challenge. Best ever no movies. These are movies that have the word no in them. Uh, It doesn't have to be the actual word no, but the word does have to start with N-O. It's not quite as broad as our C movies were last week um, because there are plenty of words that start with N-O. So what do you got, Andrew, for your number five? We'll go number five to number one, and uh, we will trump anything that uh, we have higher. What do you got? All right. My number five is ready or not. That's my number five as well. Is it? Oh, that's Look at so that. fun. That's so fun. Uh, Synchronicity. Yes, exactly. Samara Weaving is stellar in this movie. She steals this movie. I think this movie is every bit as fun and every bit of underrated that it could possibly be like, uh, I don't hear enough people talking about this movie whenever they talk about like, a, a like horror comedies that have come out in like the last five or 10 years. This movie's great. Adam Brody is amazing in this movie as well. It's just a really fun movie that I, something that I see horror tropes all the time is they try and take childhood games and stuff and try and make them terrifying, you know, mm-hmm. like, a, ooh, let's go play, uh, uh, you know, hide and seek or something like that. And then they tur- turn it into a horror movie. Right. This movie is so self-aware that whenever the payoff comes at the very, very end, it's so satisfying. I think this movie is so much fun. 
I agree. It's a, it's really one of those movies that just knows exactly what it is. Everybody in the movie knows exactly what it is. Everybody knew the assignment. Everybody knows what's going on. Uh, Smart Weaving is brilliant in this yes. movie, and um, it's just fun. It's just it's just a, a brute, brutal fun. And uh, so, yeah, Ready or Not is my number five as well. Uh, Andrew, what's your number four? Uh, movie came out this year, The Northman. I wondered I, if you might have it up there. I've got it in my honorable mentions. I really love this movie. Uh, I'm a big fan of Edgar, Robert Eggers' movies, so like uh, he's an acquired taste. I'll say that. Um, there's just too much in this movie, you know, uh, that's targeted at me <laughs> so that yeah. I can't ignore it. Uh, this movie is, I think, brilliantly shot. I think that the this could have been a uh, a cheesy C plus movie. You know, C plus action Viking movie, but mm-hmm. I think the way this movie, you know, kind of gets a little supernatural in the sense of like supernatural because of psychedelics and stuff. A lot of people take mushrooms. I'm just gonna say a lot of people take mushrooms and they trip in this movie, mm-hmm. and you see some weird stuff. But I think that you know the way Edgar shoots movies. I think whether you like his movies or not, I think one thing you can't deny is I think that he is a visual master his movies are always visually striking uh there's a fight at the very end of this movie where our hero and our you know antagonist are like silhouetted by like lava and fire and uh, they're naked and it's one of the most pure primal things i've seen in a very long time that was beautifully shot in a very beautiful interesting unique way to shoot a uh like the final battle you know Yep, um, I I am not an Edgar's uh, Edgar's Eggers yeah. uh, fan. Uh, in fact, I really haven't enjoyed uh, Edgar's movie until this one. I think this one is, if nothing else, uh, I think his aesthetic fits this era and this idea really well, and so I think it goes together. And um, yeah, I really enjoyed it. Uh, so there's there's a lot to love about this story and. I think I mentioned this uh, in the review, but it's so linear, and I I kind of love it. I, I you know mm. it's there's so much nonlinear storytelling that happens now, and that's fine. I understand it can be used well uh, by good storytellers, but there's something really nice just about here's the linear story. Let's do it. Um, so yeah, uh, it's, it's an interesting movie for sure. What's your number four? My number four is Nobody. Um, that uh, I think just came out. Within the last couple of years, the Bob uh, Odenkirk. Last year. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Uh, Bob Odenkirk, uh, kind of his John Wick uh, type movie, um, maybe Taken uh, would be the more uh, appropriate. Um, but He's yeah. Taken Nobody. <laughs> That's right. Uh, Christopher Lloyd uh, hanging out in this one as well, which is fun. Um, and I just, I don't know. It's really well done. It's, again, fairly. Fairly simple, and uh, I I really enjoyed it. So yeah, nobody is is I think worth a check. Uh, yeah, no, honestly, there's a freshness to this movie. Yeah, and uh, pretty much everybody I've ever you know thought of like, oh yeah, I haven't seen them in a while, like Christopher Lloyd or RZA or mm-hmm. Michael Ironside. I'm like, oh yeah, I haven't seen these people in so long. Uh, yeah, this is a this is a really fun movie. It's if it's if John Wick had some pretty good one-liners to it. Like mm-hmm. if John Wick was funny. Yeah. Yep. Uh, pretty good right. pick. Number three. Uh, probably might get trumped. Uh, Spider-Man No Way Home. No, it's in my honorable mentions. Oh, okay. Um, it, it's something incredible that every single time I see a, uh, a, a Marvel movie that surprises me, because I think Marvel is one of those uh, uh, platforms where or franchises, I should say, that whenever they come out with something, and they're like, this is something you've never seen before. And I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, you say that all the time. But sometimes when they say it, they're right. And uh, the fact that they were able to pull this off, and pull it off well, this is a very, very good movie. Yeah. Uh, I think last year, it didn't it win our uh, Sif Pop movie of the year? Yeah, I think it did, I think it actually. Did. I think it did. Um, yeah, got the most votes, uh, overall points. So, yeah, 
It's listen, I it's in my honorable mentions. It's a lot of fun. Uh I it's a magic trick that I think had a was a very complicated one to pull off and yet they pull it off really really well. So um yeah, Spiderway no uh Spiderway uh no man spider home. Spiderway no man home. <laughs> is uh, uh, number 3 for You're number Andrew. 3. Uh, my number three is Notorious. Um, and it is not the uh, Notorious B.I.G. Uh, movie. Um, oh, that's what I thought you meant. <laughs> this is the uh, 19, I think, 46? 46, the Cary Grant movie. Yeah. This will, won't be the last we hear of Cary Grant on this list, but um, but or Hitchcock. Uh, but this is a this is a Hitchcock movie uh, starring Cary Grant and Ingrid Bergman, uh, and is really one of the most beautiful mystery movies you will ever see. There are some stuff that that Hitchcock is doing here in the mid '40s that is still being copied today in terms of how he's building tension, how he understands what the audience needs to see, what the best thing for them to see uh, is. Um, this is one of my favorite movies of all time. I love Notorious. I think it's it's a lot of fun. If if you've if you're kind of light on the Hitchcock, like maybe you've seen Psycho or The Birds, you know, um, this is one of his older ones that I always recommend. Uh, so check out Notorious. Uh, see where you can find that, and uh, I think I do not think you'll be disappointed. Lots of good stuff in here. So no, that is my goal. number three. Uh, what is your number two, Andrew? My number two, the horror, the horror. I gotta go with Apocalypse now. Yeah, it's in my honorable mentions. Yeah, uh, Marlon Brando doing his Brando thing in this movie. Uh, this out of I think out of all the war like movies that wars are based on, I guess I should say, Vietnam has some of the most unique. You know, kind of, uh, it, it's such a weird movie because a it's it's a it's a war America didn't want to be in, right? And and b it's a war we lost. And seeing like the uh, the defeat, you know, I think that that's really the best way to put it. And plus, you're having Coppola put his fingers on it and. Not only is this movie amazing, I think the making of this movie is fascinating. There's a really good documentary about Apocalypse Now. I should have had it pulled up because, uh, mm-hmm. but it's all about how it took him years, years and years and years to finish this movie. Uh, but when he finally did, it, uh, it, 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 it's, it's a masterpiece. This is one of the most infamous war movies of all time. It's considered one of the greatest movies of all time. I think this is absolutely stellar. Way to go, Martin Sheen, Robert Duvall, Marlon Brando. So many iconic people. Lawrence Fishburne, Harrison Ford, Dennis Hopper. Just imagine somebody famous back in the 70s. They're in this movie. Are you talking about the Hearts of Darkness uh, documentary? Is that the one? Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Appreciate that. Uh, You're number two? Probably going to get Trump. No country for old men. Yeah, is my sorry. number two. Um, and I know you're number one. So, oh, yeah, what's but, your number uh, two? My number two is no country for old men. And so yeah, mine is no country for old men, and yours would be North by Northwest. Northwest. Yeah, has two no words in it. Um, yeah. Well, technically, kind of the same word. <laughs> uh, so yeah, we'll talk about North by Northwest. Um, yeah, I I listen. This is. Pretty much a perfect movie. Cary Grant, again, doing some incredible work here. Um, you've got Eva Marie Saint uh, stepping in as the interest here. Martin Landau is great in this movie. Um, James Mason. This is uh, this is possibly the best uh, normal guy caught up in a situation movie of all time. Um, there was a thing that Hitchcock loved to do, was to take an everyman and be like, now you're in this crazy situation and how are they going to handle it? How is it going to come out for them? And pretty impressive stuff uh, for Hitchcock here. So if you haven't seen it, check it out. Iconic scenes all throughout. You've got the, the biplane chase in the cornfield. You've got the Mount Rushmore uh, escape. Um, Just really, really amazing stuff. So check out North by Northwest. If you haven't seen it. 
Uh, yeah, uh, it, it was one of my very first honorable mentions. I was surprised by how funny this movie was the first time I saw yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, um, just because I think somebody who is not a Hitchcock aficionado, I have this uh, this preconceived notion of what I expect his movies to be like, mm-hmm. and uh, Cary Grant, well, who I know is charismatic, obviously as charismatic as I'll get, but um, he had some comedy chops. So yeah, he in in many ways he reminds me a lot of Ryan Gosling, like mm. just kind of that debonair, like leading man kind of quality, and yet he is you know has a sardonic sense of of wit and and humor uh, right underneath the surface. So yeah. so yeah, yeah, I can definitely see a lot of him in that. Sweet. Now let's talk about an equally funny movie. <laughs> no country for old men. No country for old men. Best comedy of <laughs> ever, ever since Holy Grail and Princess Bride. There has never been a funnier movie than No Country for Old mm-hmm. Men. Yeah, um, yeah, it's it's a terrifying movie. It really is. From a uh, from a uh, a character like performance, I think this is in the top five greatest performances an actor has ever given for a role. Mm. Uh, for Javier Bardem as Anton Chigurh. He's death incarnate. You know, he is the plague where he walks, things die. It's it, it's truly a, a biblical enemy, it feels like. Mm-hmm. Uh, he does such an amazing job. Everybody in this movie does an amazing job. Uh, Josh Brolin is stellar in this. Uh, Tommy Lee Jones. It's it's interesting seeing this... Uh, this uh, personification of the the saying of like a like a the world's going to hell in a handbasket you know like mm-hmm. a, like when i was a, like the old timers like when everyone I, I was a cop things like this didn't happen and it makes you wonder did they always happen and it's just you refuse to see it or were is it truly getting or times getting worse so yeah yeah, yeah it's it's, an, it's it's incredible stuff yeah it's in my top ten movies of all time. So, can't no, blame way I, no way I can't have it. That's my number one. Yeah, it's in my top hundred. Um, so, uh, so yeah, I love it as well. Um, just incredible cast, incredible work. Uh, it's it's just phenomenal stuff. And you know, it's interesting. You mention not exactly the funniest movie ever made. But it is a Cohen Brothers movie, which is really interesting to Isn't me. Isn't that the craziest part? <laughs> it's it's wild to me that they made this movie because even movies that they usually make like this, like you think Fargo or something like that, that have the the darkness or the violence, there's still this this real quirky sense of humor. And they really just kind of made a straightforward horror film in some ways. Um so yeah, it's 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 wild that this is theirs, and it's so good, so very very good. So check out No Country for Old Men. Yep. Uh, honorable mentions. Where you want to go? Um, I got three that I'll go ahead. Throw what out. are they? Uh, no Time to Die, the new James Bond movie. Sure. Uh, great send off for that character. I think that you know it. It was a bold take that you know they finally did something. Mm-hmm. Um. Nomadland. Yeah. I like this movie. Uh, yeah. It's, it's a very interesting character study uh, of, you know, not only a character study, but a, a life choice study. Like, mm-hmm. these yep. nomads who travel everywhere. Like, uh, it's a it's a look into a world I'll never experience, but I'm glad that I was, you know, given the opportunity. Mm-hmm. And uh, even if you don't count No Country for Old Men as a Western, how about High Noon with Gary Cooper? Mm-hmm. Um, sure. Yeah, iconic, iconic Western. Everybody should watch. Uh, I would throw out Doctor No. Uh, oh yeah, do speaking Bond of Bond, um, uh, Leave No Trace, uh, which is really, really good. Um, it's kind of that's one that flew under the radar a couple years back. Oh, that's the Ben Foster one. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. You know, ben Foster and Thomas and McKenzie. Yeah. Yeah. Deborah Granick. Who I met whenever she directed Winter's Bone. 
is yeah. probably one of the nicest people I've ever met in my entire life. She was actually uh, at our table that year of Leave No Trace uh, when, oh, really? at the Critics' Choice Awards. Yeah, she she was at our table. So was Thomas and McKenzie actually. Um, so uh, so yeah, that was uh, that was interesting. How fun! Um, uh, Notting Hill, I think, is worth mentioning. That uh, is. Oh my God! You want to talk about my mom's favorite com or romance <laughs> rom com ever? It's Notting Hill. It's Notting Hill. Nice. Yeah, it like every single thing in the world like that screams my mom is in that movie. Like Hugh Grant, Julia Roberts. She's mm-hmm. just like, let's go, let's go. And the soundtrack. I will admit this: Notting Hill soundtrack is stellar. They got a yeah. lot of good good music in that movie. And then finally, Beasts of No Nation. Um, Probably worth a mention oh as God, well. I forgot about that movie. Yeah. That might have actually made my list if it's I great. remember. It's a great film. It really is. Uh, check it out. Yeah. Uh, all right. Let's uh, finish this off with some buried treasure. What is that one thing in any area of pop culture you want to make sure people know about it? I'll go ahead and kick us off. Yeah. Uh, Westworld. New season is out, and I'm watching it. And this has been an up and down show for a lot of people. Um, but I am really enjoying this new season and it's interesting to me how Westworld continues to redefine itself every season and, uh, but it's always dealing with really interesting technology questions. Um, so yeah, I wanted to make sure people are, are hip to the fact that Westworld is back and pretty amazing. So nice. Yeah. I gave up halfway through the second season. Mm-hmm. But I, I've everybody says that you know oh if you get back in, there's some there's some good content there. I had this conversation with somebody recently, and now I'm wondering if I've actually used this as a buried treasure in the last couple of weeks because I'm like, wait, did Andrew and I have this exact conversation? I'm not Who losing knows? my mind, am I? I haven't done this for buried treasure, have I? That's what I can think of. And, and don't forget, uh, I, I, I can't remember things all that well. Well, so. and also you may have been gone that week. That would be hilarious. Apologies if I'm repeating. Um, it's just, it's that fun for me to talk about Westworld. So, But uh, no, so. I mean, it's triggered that the part of your mind. It's like, no, I need to let people know that Westworld's still good. Yeah, so, yeah, because I do feel like a lot of people left it behind. And uh, and it's I think it's worth picking back up. Okay. Nice. So what do you got? I got a Vigima game for you. Okay. It's called The Quarry. New game by Supermassive Games. One of my favorite games in, I think, 2016 was Until Dawn. And it's pretty much a choose-your-own-adventure horror game. Okay. So a lot of this game, just like Until Dawn, is like a, you're watching a lot of cutscenes, and then you have character choices. And that's basically what the entire game is is um so you have actually a really cool uh, a really cool cast you got people like uh uh uh, miles robbins brenda song uh ariel winter david arquette ethan supplee it it, pretty much what this is is uh and what supermassive loves to do is they love to get your take on cliche horror so mm-hmm. uh, until dawn was a bunch of uh, kids go stay in a cabin in the mountains, you know, and the horrors that can happen. This one is a bunch of camp counselors the day after you know camp is gone and all the kids are gone, and then a lot of spooky supernatural stuff starts happening. Um, <clears throat> one thing that they did in this game, but they did not do in uh, uh, until dawn, is they. Gave you the option, it's called movie mode. And pretty much, you can hit that, and it'll be a movie experience where all the choices are made for you. But you can play it over and over again, and since it's a choose-your-own-adventure, you know, certain characters can live, and certain characters can die. So every single time you watch it, you would get a fresh new experience every single time. Um, Characters are fun. Uh, I had... A blast with this game. It just came out uh, last month, so if you've seen it on Steam or you know Xbox or PlayStation, and you've kind of been on the fence, I highly, highly recommend it. The uh, a thing that Supermassive does is they do like perfect facial scans, so it there are scenes in this where you have trouble differentiating whether you're watching a a, a cutscene with actual actors or if it's like a 
you know, gameplay footage. So, yeah. The Quarry uh, is a video game that uh, might be interesting to you and is uh, Andrew's Buried Treasure. Yep. There you go. The Quarry. Check it out. Well, we did it. We did another podcast, Andrew. Congratulations yes. uh, to you. Managed to uh, to we, put another podcast into the sky. Yep, and, we've, uh, we've been wacky, waving, inflatable arm men, you know, <laughs> with our hands going all. crazy. But now is the time for us to have our batteries turn off and us to sink slowly into the nothing. Exactly. Thanks so much for joining us today for Sif Pop. It is part of the Studio DNA Podcast Network. You can find out more about other shows on the network at studiodna.media or by searching Studio DNA in your podcast player. Huge thanks to Andrew for hanging out again today. Thank you, buddy. A big thanks to producer Phil for producing the audio and video show. Thanks, Phil. And thank you to our Sif Pop members Woo! for giving monthly to make this possible. Again, you can check out uh, the Patreon at patreon.com slash Pop. Support starts at three bucks a month, and you can check out all the fun perks that you get there. Uh, lots of ways to connect with us. Uh, you can leave a comment, a rating, or a review, whether you're at Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you listen. Uh, you can email us at feedback at siftpop.com. And finally, if you're having a good time, your movie-loving friends will probably like the show, too. So make sure you let them know about it and that listening is much easier than getting the Oprah shot. Uh, we will be back <laughs> next week. Um, I think with DC Super Pets comes out uh, this week. And oh, also fun. Vengeance um, are two movies that might be on our radar. So We already saw the Batman. <laughs> we already did. That's true. Uh, so we'll check you out then. Bye. And bye. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.